Diverse Reality Sports Talk Podcast, brought to you by Anchor. Episode 4, Like Father, Like Son, featuring Kenneth George Sr. and Tennessee Volunteers cornerback Kenneth George Jr. Diverge Reality Sports Talk, giving y'all the real untold stories of collegiate athletes who didn't give up on their dreams while facing adversities and overcoming obstacles in the sports world. What up, what up, what up, what up, everybody? Welcome back. Episode four, Like Father, Like Son. It's your boy, Big C, a.k.a. DJ Sabon. Remember, y'all can follow me at CB4 underscore Uncommon, or y'all can follow our uh, podcast page, Diverge T. What's happening, everybody? This is Coach Cowan, Olin Cowan. Follow me on Twitter at Coach Cowan 2. How y'all doing? Coach Kelly, Mr. Kelly, the athletic trainer. You can follow me at Coach underscore Kel, K-E-L-L-Z-Z, on Twitter and on Instagram. All right, y'all. Welcome back, man. Today, we got an excellent story for y'all on this episode, and it's really going to inspire some people, man. Today, live from Knoxville, Tennessee, we have Mr. Kenneth George Sr. and Mr. Kenneth George Jr., current cornerback for the University of Tennessee. For your Tennessee Volunteers, brought to you by First Tennessee Bank, the official bank of the ball. What's going on, gentlemen? How y'all doing? Glad What's happening? What's happening? Man, glad to be here, man. Glad to put our story out, man. You know? Let's get it. Man, What's man. up with it? What's up with how y'all doing out there, man? I got a great story for y'all to hear right now, man. That's good, good. Glad to have you. Exactly, man. We appreciate y'all, man. Really appreciate y'all coming on the show, man. Sure. This is how we normally start the show off. We want y'all, and y'all can go one by one, starting with you, Mr. Kenneth. Just give our listeners a little something about yourself. All right. Well, uh, I was born and raised in Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, went to, I'm just go straight to it. Went to Acadiana High. Well, first I went to Holy Rosary Institute. Um, my high school years, I played a little baseball and played in the band and they didn't have the sport that I wanted to. I wanted to play. So I went to Acadiana in my junior year. Had to sit out a year, played my senior year. I considered myself one of the best left defensive tackles they had. You know, one year of football, I got a four year scholarship to Northwestern State University. You know, uh, went there for two years, then my mom got sick with cancer. So I made a decision to leave school and come help my dad and take care take care of my mom, you know, which I don't I don't have any regrets at all about that. I'd do it all over again if I had to. Family first, man. Always. Well, I'm gonna start off by saying uh I was originally born in Dallas, Texas. Um and I moved to Lafayette, Louisiana when I was probably like five, six years old. 
And from there, it just, that's when I started playing football. I started off playing football with my dad. He was my coach at Brown Park. So I was playing football over there. Then from then, I started playing basketball. I fell in love with basketball because, I mean, all my mom, all her brothers love basketball. And my big brother loved basketball. And that's where it what I started playing. And then I went to high school, played football at high school. Um, I mean, didn't really do much on the field. Um, nothing really. Didn't really get an opportunity. But, I mean, I don't sit back and dwell on that because it's the past. But, I mean, at the end of the day, scratch all that high school stuff. I moved out of, moved out of Louisiana after graduation. I went to Texas, took a year off of everything. Just complete my mind, move away from the city. And just like build myself up, build myself up, get bigger, faster, stronger. And from there, I walked on that junior college, Trinity Valley. Another trial tribulation. I had to sit back, sit out the first year of JUCO. I mean, I knew what I was gonna do to not sound too confident, but I knew I was gonna do the next year around because I knew I put in the work. And then second year came around, I just went crazy. And I just got offers. I chose hey, to stay. That's what I'm talking about, bro. All right, man, we gonna get into some questions, man. My first question, my first question for y'all is, it's, it's for both of y'all. When did you know you fell in love with football? Mm, I mean, like I said, ever since I was probably like, what, since the first age you can start playing football with Pat, my dad would go out there and we would just play. And I mean, I, I mean, I would score at least two, three touchdowns every single game, so it was just like, Man, it was just like I, I always loved to score touchdowns. I always loved to play football. Yeah, and yeah. Man, it's just like that love never left out my heart, and that's what people never understood. Like it, it I always loved football. Like, that was always something I enjoyed doing. Okay, well, with me, um, I grew up in a household. My daddy was a stone cold Dallas Cowboy fan. Well, so, <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, hey. hey. I sat down, I watched, you know, family time with my dad, you know, looking at games and, you know, just wishing that, hey, maybe one day I could get to that level, which I can I can honestly say my second year at Northwestern, I had a couple of people talking to me, but I made a choice to go and, and take care of my mom, which I did, you know, and I always did instill in my kids, hey, we got to do something recreational because it's, it's too much to get into, Exactly. you know? too much to get into so we're going to do something with our time and our energy and, and the best thing for us to do is get into sports hey yep. we love sports you know so with that being said at a young age this little man right here that's sitting next to me hey he was he was a beast on the field he's a running back okay. you know hey he handled his business and then just took off from there you know, hey, we're going to keep it going. I was proud. Hey, I'm a proud dad of all my kids. Yeah. You know, I'm a sportsman. I love sports. Yeah. So this young man right here, you know, hey, he, he worked his way up. He, I can honestly say nobody gave him anything. Nobody offered him anything. Everything that he has right now is from his blood, sweat, and tears. You know? That's what's up. All right, guys, uh, this question is for uh, both of y'all, uh, Mr. Kenneth Sr. and Kenneth Jr. Um, when did y'all both have that uh, the moment individually in y'all's careers early on when you realized that you was really, really good at uh, football? Okay, I can go first. 
Well, when I went to Acadiana High, um, I went there. I went there my junior year, and um, when I first went and tried out, man, I had to run the forty. I was two hundred and fifty pounds. I ran the forty in a four seven. I ain't nothing nice. You hear me? I'm federal. Ooh, damn. I was 4'7", you know. Got in the weight room, had never lift weights a day in my life. Got in there, my first bench press, my uh, my max out was three by 350. Oh yeah, you was different. That's that country strong, man. Right, I'm, I, I never touched weights. And, and from there on, the coaches really kind of just like, man, you got something special with you. So I continued, I did what I had to do. I fought my way to a starting position for my senior year. And that's with missing the first four games because I had a torn ligament in my knee. But I came back, got my starting position back, and hey, played what? What, 10 games? Not even 10 games. And I got me a four-year scholarship to Northwestern State University. Me, um, I mean, I went to a powerhouse high school, Katie and uh, we won two state championships back to back. I was there. Nice. So, I mean, just going to get, I ain't gonna put no names out there, but I mean, I had some teammates, some real good teammates. Um, I, I mean, I'm talking about, I used to kill them boys every day in practice, and I used to love it. Like, I would just go to practice just to practice against our first team defense, and just like, and, and from there, like, I mean, I always knew I was good, and everybody, on that football team knew I was good too. It was just, I mean, the opportunity wasn't there for me at the time. And that's all I look at. But then, after, like I said, after high school, I moved to Texas. And I went to Texas in, in that Denton area. You got Geyer, you got Denton Ryan, you got Allen. You got these players like Tyler Murray, um, Josh Stewart. Um, you got all kind of powerhouse dudes down there. And I played one seven on seven against them. And oh, wow. I took them too. And I killed them too, and then they they picked me up on they seven on seventeen. We started traveling around the whole Texas, paying everybody for money. And I was like, man, and that's really really what made me go play try for a college team because they were like, man, you too good, you too good, you you need to go play somewhere. And they told me about Trinity Valley, Kilgore, all that. And then I mean, but that come with putting in the work too. I mean, you you got to put in the work. Your talent only gonna take you so far. Is what you are gonna do like to beat it the best you can be. And now I just knew I, I just had something special after I just started killing the boys in Texas. I knew in Katyana they was good, but when I went and, and played them boys in Texas and like Kyler Murray, Josh Stewart, and all them boys, and I was killing them too. I was like, man, I gotta do something with this. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, KJ. Hold up, because you striking Kale's ego right now, because he's from Texas. So, you know, he just, all Texas better than Louisiana, you know, hold up. That's debatable. That's debatable. It's the biggest state, but that's debatable. Texas high school is different, though. Texas high school football is different. They are, but you have more kids. So, what's the one spot? Is the was the one score do get credit to her since I've been out here? Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> they they could they yeah. could play. Well, what we know, kid, is a powerhouse because they they could just simply use a beer. Yeah, <laughs> they use a beer, bro. Yeah. I literally heard from a parent. I heard from the horse's mouth. One of the coaches <laughs> at the middle school level, they start training the kids to run the beer at the middle school level. 
Scott Middle teaching. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> true about K Dan. They don't throw the ball at all. <laughs> I was a receiver at the K Dan, so I mean I knew who ain't gonna throw the ball anyway. So I might as well have my fun kill my teammates at practice every day. That's how I do. Real. 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 <laughs> all right, well, going back to that um uh, at y'all time at Kadiana, speaking I guess from a parents' point of view, uh the senior, uh senior, how did uh Knowing your child play growing up, like as he was growing, you know he could play. How was it, I guess, adjusting to seeing him not really getting the play time you feel like he deserved? How did you kind of handle it? And then for Junior, how did you kind of go through the whole process, the whole high school thing, I guess? Mentally, I guess, how did you just take it? Well, you know, as a parent, you know, I'm, I'm very supportive. Regardless mm -hmm. if my kid got on that field on a Thursday or he didn't get on the field, you know, I was there every game. I gave my support. And that's something that, you know, parents should do. They should step up and support their kids. Because by me being there made a difference. You know, no matter, I mean, some parents would be mad, mm -hmm. you know, and upset. Oh, my kid, I'm not in the stand doing none of that. All I'm telling him at the end of the day, at the end of the game, is telling him, hey, look, son, Put forth the effort. You know what you got in your heart. You keep on. Don't give up because it's easy to give up. You know, it's too easy to say, I'm not going to do this. You know, it's too easy to say, well, man, they don't want to let me play. I quit. No, I do not raise quitters. That's really? something we, we're not based on. We don't, we don't base on, on quitting anything, no matter what. But first and foremost, the thing that my wife and I do we do encourage our kids, go to school and get your education. That's number one on the plate. Mm -hmm. Everything else is going to fall in place. If, if you're not in here getting your grades, then you're not going to be able to play. You can be a, a five-star. But if you, you don't have the grades that it takes to make it to the next level, then guess what? You might as well just stay and, and, and wish and look at, you know, the dreams that you had in high school because it ain't going nowhere. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's sad to say that a lot of coaches – and I'm just throwing this out there. Mm -hmm. You know, as long as you, you you making things happen for their program, when it comes to the next level, oh, you got to get it how you get it. Right. You know? I mean, it is what it is. So I don't train, you know, we, we always did say we, we, we're not quitters. Quitting is something that we don't have. We don't even know what that is. We tore that page out of our dictionary. Mm -hmm. Quitting is not, is not, <laughs> it's not, it's not on our list at all. Yeah, and for me, um, I mean, when I was at Kenyana, uh, I knew, I mean, going into my senior year, they told me I was going to play. I mean, I was at DB, and then they switched me back to receiver, and they told me I was going to play. But, I mean, at the same time, it was like, we running the beer, so <laughs> y'all just going to use me as blockers. So why, why can't I not play defense? But <laughs> at the same time, I knew, I mean, like my dad said, he wasn't gonna let me quit. I used to come home sometimes, like, man, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of not playing. And like, when my dad would come here to be in the stands and I would see him, and like, I would be embarrassed myself to even kind of look back at my dad when we not playing. My jersey's clean, everything. I ain't sweating, <laughs> I ain't for none of that. But it was still that same mindset my dad put in me, like, you're not quitting, just finish, you're not quitting, enough. I just knew, like, I mean, it's more than just football. Like my dad said, you got to get an education. 
your grades don't come first. I mean, just with that, I just have to stay focused, stay humble, really and truly just wait my turn. That's really what it was all about, just wait my time. That's it, keep God first and wait your time. Yeah, man, that's that's big right there. And that's what you did, man. And, and look where we at today, man. Look where we at today. All right, um, fellas, uh, y'all can both speak on this because y'all both played at Acadiana, man. Um, what is it like being a part of that that culture, I guess? Um, they are a team or a school that has recently, if I'm not mistaken, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, there's five state championships at that school. Most schools don't even have one. So um, just kind of speak on what it's like being a part of that, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I guess that I coach Ted Davis really crazy. I mean, he 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 not worked that program and he he gonna put the best out of everybody. It don't matter if you're on scout team, if you on first team, second team, third team, it don't matter. And with him, it's like even if you a good player, I mean it was players, I'm not gonna say no name, he kicked out the team and so on, like we don't need you. You like you gonna do what you have to do, you gonna get your schoolwork right and all that. And he was just he was just big on it was a team thing. It wasn't not no individual could make us win. It was none of that. I mean, if you didn't come to work every day, he was gonna confront you and gonna tell you about yourself. And he just know how to run that program. Like I said, from like the offensive line, he was hard on them boys. But that's where it really started. So he used to, I mean, he used to man tell them boys, man, why the hell are you big? Whatever, whatever, whatever. And he, I mean, just to get in their head a little bit. But I mean, at the end of the day, it worked. And he traded as well too. I mean, especially if we made the playoffs. He had people come cook for us at the air practice. He was just talking about how important it was for us to gel together. And I mean, people probably don't know this, but I don't even know if they still do this now. After every, like the Friday, Thursday before every game, I believe college, I'm in high school football on Fridays. Yeah, so Thursday night, we'll have a team get together. We'll go to a teammate's house and just like eat together, party together, stuff like that. And I mean, he just told us like, we in it together. Like, and that's what most people don't understand. Football, it takes all 11 people on the field to do their job together. Like, at the same time, do their job right so the play can be successful. If you one person mess up, you can mess up the whole defense, the whole offense. That person don't get a block, miss tackle. I mean, to play over with. And Coach Davis, he told us that big. Like, he, he meant that when he said it's a team thing. And that's why, I mean, I give all my respect to Coach Ted Davis, really. And, I mean, Coach Sebo, Coach Gavin. All them two, they played their part too, but Ted Davis, and that's the real dude right there. Shout out to Coach Ted, man. Louisiana. Yeah. Big time. I did, I, on my on my end, I played under Coach uh Doug I well, under Coach Dotson. Let me tell you about Coach Dotson, man. I don't know. We had two a days in the summer. At that time we we, we couldn't drive. Our parents at work. I used to ride a bicycle from Rosewood to Acadiana High every day. Once we get there, we get in the gym. They put the heater on. We had to do, <laughs> yeah, we had to do aerobics for an hour in the heat. Come on, man. Talk, <laughs> talk about a warm up. <laughs> hey, listen, and Cornell, Mr. Cornell knows how far Rosewood is from Acadiana, huh? 
Yeah, it's got to be at least what 10 miles, 15 10, miles, maybe, maybe 20. Maybe if that we on, a, we bike? on a bike on a bike every day, five days a week, stayed there the whole day after practice that evening. Hopefully, we could get somebody with a truck to bring our bikes home, but if not, we have to pedal back home. So, it's, it's, it's dedication on the coach's part and it's dedication on the player's part. A coach can do so much. It's up to the player on what he's gonna do. Because a coach, if you coaching me in high school, if I go to the next level, I gotta deal with a whole set of different coaches. And what Coach Dotson was, Coach Dotson was a demanding coach. It's either you give it to me or you get off my field. If we practicing for an hour, I want them 60 minutes out of you. It ain't no slacking off. Used to tell us, guess what? If you go home, take a shower, and go to bed, I did my job for the day. Real? You know, hey, yeah, I, we didn't have time to go in and in, in, in go to a party that night and do a. We was tired. It was straight hustle. So he he always did tell us, if you give up in practice, you're gonna give up on the you're gonna give up in game time. And if you give up on me in game time, I'm embarrassed you right there on the field. <laughs> That's that old school, man. That's old school. So I took what Coach Dyson taught me, mm-hmm. and I let it trickle down on my kids. I'm going to get the best out of you. I don't care if the, all you can do is come home, take a shower, and go to bed. I want everything out of you. But at least I know one thing. If you come home and you do that, we accomplish something for the day. Tomorrow, we're going to push it a little bit further push it a little bit further. There's no giving up. So my word to y'all, man, is that Acadiana taught me a lot. It taught me how to be responsible because if we wouldn't leave at a certain time to get to practice on time, we running before practice start. So I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> I already put yeah. 15, 20 miles to get there. So with that, all my, all you know, I mean, hey, to all the coaches that coached us, they were they were on point. It, it, guess what? We were family. It wasn't okay. Well, I'm gonna treat you better than him. No, everything was equal. It wasn't no favoritism. You may have some kids in high school that get considered a consider a five star. When you make it to the next to the next level, those five stars don't mean nothing because. If you a five star and they recruiting another five star and they recruit another five star, it's called competition. The best man wins. Yep. So if I'm a five star, you whoever. Sometimes a five star don't mean nothing. You can have somebody that that don't even have any stars, no rankings at all. It's all what you got inside your heart. That's so true. You know, you can label me as a five star, but if I come in here more hungry than you then guess what? Your five star don't mean nothing to me. Fact. So, with that being said, my next question is for, for, for Junior, man. How, all right, after high school, you know, you said you moved to Texas. Like, where did that, that hunger and determination come from to, like, you know, I want to be great. I know I, I have to make some adjustments. Like, just, just tell us what went through you, what was going through your mind at that time. Like, I want more. 
I don't want to just satisfy. I'm not just satisfied for, you know, where I, where I currently am. I want more. Like, just tell us what was going through your mind and, and what you did to accomplish that to get to play 707 with those guys to get that exposure. See, um, like I said, I always loved the game of football. And I knew I always just, I knew I was really good. But, I mean, what gave me that drive was like, I mean, I wanted to get a car. And <laughs> I couldn't get a car because I was broke. And I, 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 I didn't want to work at no job because I had got a warehouse job. And I was like, man, I'm not doing this no more. So I know I'm not trying to work no seven to five. And I know I'm not trying to do none of that. And so I already knew, like, football, I can get millions of dollars playing football. And that's all I think about, like, like how can it benefit me and my family? How can I take care of my family? How can I get everything I ever wanted? And I think about that every single day. Like, I don't never stop thinking about how I can feed my family, how I can get every single thing I want. And that's really what drives me to go every day. And after high school, I took that whole year off. And I, I could count on my on one finger, probably on one hand, how many days I missed working out. Rather than with stretching, um, just running, feet work, all stuff like that. Weight room. I mean, I was killing the weight room every day. I ain't missing that weight room. Mm -hmm. I mean, but... I don't know. It was just like, that's all I thought about was like money, 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 money. And that's, no football can give me millions. That's just what kept me going right there. What made me just go, just go get it. From now on, I ain't, I never got that vision out of my head. Still, that ain't, I don't think it's going to go nowhere. That's what's up, man. Mr. Ken. Yes, sir. I was reading in the uh, article that you didn't recognize him when he came back home. After man, hitting, hitting that iron and his whole body changed. Like, let me tell you something. See, he came home from Texas, and I was, you know, I like playing with music. I was sitting at the computer desk, and when this, when he walked in the house, and I turned around, I'm like, Damn, Damn! who are you? <laughs> man, hey, I promise you, that was my exact words. Like. Who are you? And it's sad that I didn't recognize my child, but it's like, man, what, when you left here, you was 5'11", 140 pounds. Yeah, I heard that growth spurt was crazy. Man. But I said I was 5'11", I'm like 5'6", 5'7". Well, I mean, you were, okay. Yeah. Let's put it like that, 5'6", five, 5'7", five, 140 pounds. I'm looking, I'm saying to myself, Lord, this, I, I got a midget. <laughs> uh, true. I mean, man, when I turned around in this computer in, in this computer chair and I looked up, I said, man, who are you? He said, man, it's, it's Lil' Kenneth. I said, Lil' Kenneth, who? No, you're not. <laughs> hey, that's Dude, fact, that's, that's for real. And I looked, I said, man, what you did? What, what happened to you? <laughs> Daddy, working out every day. Daddy, I've been focused. I've been this, I've been that. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> you know, I ain't bro, that's coming from his daddy, man. They ain't me. You know, I'm saying to myself, bruh, God, and I you know from that day on, every time he took his shirt off, I was taking pictures of him. I was mm. like a Chinese and I was like a Chinese in Texas. I was taking pictures of him trying to see, well, let me look at this, make sure that's my son. You know? <laughs> but hey bro, listen man, hey. I, I got the utmost respect for this young man because you know what? He 
put yourself in a situation to where, hey, I want to be this place and I got to get here and I got to get to it fast. And that's what he did. He worked out, blood, sweat, and tears, man, every day. Seven days a week, he was working out, you know? And that's what it takes, man. If you're not given that opportunity, make an opportunity for yourself. Straight up. I want to say this, though. Even, like, after graduation, I worked out every day. But still to this day, I work out every day. Like, I mean, I just know, like, I know what I want. Like I said, I got that vision in my head. And I just know, I feel like if I take a day off, I mean, somebody else get better, got better than me. And that's all I think about. If I, I can't sleep at night knowing I took a day off. Like, yesterday, I mean, I really didn't do what I wanted to do on the field. So, I slept. I went to sleep at, like, 2 in the morning. I asked my mom. Like, she came here. First thing I told her, Mom, I got to go work out. I felt that bad yesterday because I didn't do what I wanted to do. I went this morning when my parents, they, they down here right now. They went to the store. I went to go get my work in. I just feel I can't. I just don't like feeling like somebody got better than me, and that's that's gonna take me a long way, right there. Like just my mindset. Like I'm not finna get outworked by nobody. Straight up. Mm-hmm. All right, Joey. Uh, uh, I'm an athletic trainer, but also a sports performance trainer. So I work with a lot of football athletes, and coincidentally, I got a lot that's in JUCO right mm-hmm. now, and they uh they tell a lot of the high school kids I work with just the process. It's not an easy process in JUCO. It's not. Oh, I just pick a JUCO and I'm gonna play, and then boom, a big school's gonna call me. Just kind of give like give us some, some uh, details or about your experiences at JUCO, how it is, and mm-hmm. your insight on it. Well, I'll start off by um, JUCO. Man, I mean, that's really made who made. That's what really made me who I am today. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, JUCO food. I mean, it's horrible. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, you gotta. You gonna be hungry. I mean, you gonna be broke. Most of the time, um, and like I mean, JUCO on the field. I mean, it's competition that JUCO too. Don't get me wrong. So you got people who come from D1 that go to JUCO to go back to D1. So I mean, you got you you got to beat those guys out of position and all that. So I mean, it's not an easy process at JUCO. But the first thing I had to learn was. I have to get my grades. If I don't get my grades, I'm not going nowhere. So it's like, that's the first thing college coaches ever ask me, how was my GPA? And that's why I try to tell everybody that try to go, that's, take that juco route, man, you gotta get your grades. Like, don't go over here just thinking about just football. You gotta get your grades. And thankfully, I went to Trinity Valley and they made us do study hall every single day. So we had to take two hours out out there to go do study hall. I was gonna run. And <laughs> I mean, with that being said, after I got my schoolwork, I mean, I just started watching film, um, just seeing how I could get better. And I mean, the season I did play, I think probably after my second game, I got my first offer, but it was from like a D2 school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot, I forgot the name of it. I think it was something in, in Missouri, I think. I had, I was, I was happy. I was like, man, I got an offer. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I called my mom. I was like, man, I got an offer from, from Missouri State. And then a couple, couple weeks later, I got my first D1 off from UIW. Hmm. And then I was like, my mom, man, my mom begged me. I'm talking about she begged me to commit to UIW. And I told my mom, I'm not committing here. I know I'm going to get something bigger. Mm-hmm. And then I got UL. She wanted me to commit to UL. And I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not staying home. And then that's like, I, 
I got just all kind of offers after that. I got right. Tennessee. Oh yeah, I got Nebraska. That was my that was my biggest offer, first offer, Nebraska. Mm. And I was committed to Nebraska for like I said about a month or so, and then um, something just told me like Nebraska not the school for me. It's not the school for me. Well, I can then, tell you, I can tell you the story on Nebraska. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you the story on Nebraska. This is what happened with Nebraska. Nebraska, they came to visit him, you know, and they wanted him, but he had 22 hours to finish in that one semester, mm, mm. and 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 they didn't think they didn't they didn't have enough confidence in him, you know, to know that he could do it, but. Oh. With that being said, he did what he had to do. Those 22 hours was done. And he graduated from TVCC with a 3.8 grade formula. Great point. Younger kids, y'all better be listening. Dude. So mm. here come Nebraska. Too late. You know? <laughs> right. And, and like I said, man, you know, hey. We're not trying to knock no schools, none of that. We ain't trying to do no, that. No, no, uh, no, no. It's, it's just business. Yeah. You know? It it's real. You know? So, I mean, my advice to these young kids, man, is put your heart into it. First and foremost, trust in the man up above. Straight up. Because that's where all your strength comes from. You know, put all that into him and everything will fall into place. Just work hard, man. Work hard. Be dedicated to yourself. People going to always have some negative things to say about you. But it's up to you to change their mind. You know, no matter what level you get on in life, people will always have something negative to say. And if you let that interfere with your with your ambition, then you're not going. <laughs> you, you're stuck. Hmm. You know, I always did tell my kids, no matter what road you're going to have a road that you can take. You're going to find if you find a wall in the middle of that road, you got options. You can stand in front of that wall, go around that wall, go over that wall, or go through that wall. But as long as you're standing in front of that wall, you'll never see what's on the other side. So in order for you to move on with your life, you got to get to the other side, no matter what it takes. You have to make that, you have to make that, that move. See, Junior didn't hit that iron. He can run through that wall now. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the main thing about JUCO, I mean, I tell it to anybody, you got to get your grades, you got to get your grades, you got to get your grades. And at that time, at your JUCO, I mean, I'm going to speak for Trinity Valley because that's where I went. Uh, our Wi-Fi was bad, so it was no playing the game all, all day long for me. Oh, uh, none of that. It was just straight, I mean, get my grades right and, and play football. And that's, that's really all it is. You go to JUCO, I mean, you probably already on partial scholarship because most JUCOs don't do a full right scholarship. So mm -hmm. think about it. I used to put myself, I put this in my head. My parents out here playing for some of my school. Why would I make them pay for a class all over again? That's just hurting my family. That's just hurting their pockets. Why would I do that? And that's one thing everybody just got to understand. Like school, JUCO is really not free. You're not really finna get no full ride unless you just, you know what I mean, a, a bounce back, really. Or uh, you're a full five-star that just couldn't go to D1 right after high school because your grades. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, at the end of the day, that's all it's about that you go get your grades and let your talent take over. That's it. All right. Uh, Kenneth Jr., man, 
I was doing some reading and it said that, uh, or it said that you said that your brother played a big role in helping you kind of get to where you got to whenever you left Louisiana and went to Texas. Uh, can you speak on that? Yeah. I'm gonna start by saying, man, if Travis Gray, if you listen to this, man, I love you, man, for real. And I mean, that whole off season, the whole year off I took off, he helped me, he was there with me every day. He got me that membership to, to LA Fitness. He let me use it. I used to drop him off to work just to use his car so I ain't have to worry about it, getting me a car. So, I mean, everything he did for me for that whole year, which I thank him, I thank him for that. And he just, he was there for me every way, I mean, no matter what time I wanted to go to the field, he was there with me. What time I wanted to go to the to the weight room, he was there with me. He'll come with me. All that he'll make sure I don't skip no days. When I did go party, he'll call me just like my mom do me. Now nah, he'll call me, man. You're all right. You're all right. You're all right. Just like that. And like now, um, I mean, my big brother last year around probably around this time or a little earlier than this time last spring though, um, something happened to him. He got hit by a truck and. I mean, man, I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried. And like, I slept with him, cause he was in a, a coma and I slept with him over there. I'm talking about, man, I, I held his hand. He he probably couldn't, he probably remembered it or not. He probably just don't speak on I told him, man, look, man, if I don't make it to the NFL, man, look, my name not Kenneth George. And I just looked him dead in the eyes. He couldn't see me, I was close. I'm not sure he could hear me or anything. But I'm talking about, I mean, that just hurt me seeing my brother in that position, cause just the simple fact that he was there with me every step of the way when I was on my come up. And with that, like, everything was just going wrong in my life at that time, too. So, I mean, to see my big brother, the one who put me in the position that I am today like this, and I was just like, man, I gotta do this for him. And every time, every tackle, every step I take on that field, I think about Travis Gray. And that's facts. All right, and I got a, I got a little follow-up question to that as well. Um, I was doing some more reading and um, it said that whenever you decided to go try out for all these uh, JUCO teams, you tried out for multiple teams mm -hmm. and multiple JUCOs wanted you, man. So how did you come down to the decision of picking Trinity Valley and not a Navarro or a Kilgore or something like that? Mm -hmm. See, I went to Navarro, Kilgore, Tyler, and Trinity Valley child, and I, every every school wanted me. And the Tyler, Tyler was, um, that was the first JUCO I went to and tried out at. Then Kilgore, then Navarro, then Trinity Valley. But I mean, reason why I really chose Trinity Valley because it was the best school in the nation at the time. It was number three JUCO in the nation, and we finished that whole season since I left. Like we finished number five in the nation too. So it was kind of like I mean, I always wanted to play against the best and play for the best. Not really, but yeah, I played for the best too. Because I mean, I know that I'm going to have to compete against the best. And I really want to see what myself fair. I really want to see how I am. And, and from there, I just knew, like, Trinity Valley was the school for me. And I'm going to give a shout-out to Coach, Coach Petit at Trinity Valley and Coach Witt. Um, Coach Smiley, too. Um, on that tryout visit, they told me, like, they begged me, they begged me, they begged me to move in that exact same day I tried out. They was like, man, come here. Like, wow. come move in with me. Like, Damn, come man. here. Like, come to <laughs> yeah. It was crazy, and then from there, I was like, I mean, that's impossible for me to do right now. I mean, like, the semester already started and all that. I mean, I got to wait till the summertime. I'm talking about when, as soon as I left, went home, that same night Coach T called me again. Kenneth George, don't go to no other school, come here. The love was, was real. Like, oh, 
yeah, I like, Coach, you got my word. I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming over there. And it was like a week before we all could have moved in. And he told me, you want to move in right now? You can come in right now. I mean, Man. right now. And I was like, yeah, Coach, I'm going to move in right now just to make sure, I mean, everything good. So I went in, I moved in on campus and all that. No, we just turned up enough for real. So I'm in, I mean, Coach Petit, that's my dog right there. Coach Witt, that's my dog too. Coach Smiley, all them boys, really the whole Juco staff at Trinity Valley. I mean, they were just, I don't know, they were, you know, you just feel that special feeling when you at, at home. And I just felt like, man, that was my home right there. Tyler was cool, Kilgo was cool, Navarro was cool, all that was cool, but Trinity Valley, just, it just felt like that was the place for me to be and it all worked out for real. That's what's up. So I got one last follow-up question. I'm going to quit hogging the mic. All right? So when I was looking, man, can you speak on the talent that was on your Trinity Valley team, bro? Because when I was looking on uh, 24-7 sports, you was the number 20-ranked player in Texas JUCO, but you had seven guys that was ranked in the top 20 that was on that team. That's a crazy amount of talent. And you had 11 guys that was ranked in the top 40. Like, mm. just speak on that talent, man. Uh, I mean, we had Marvin Terry, uh, Jalen Guyton. Um, we had, man, we had some Khalil Banks, Greg Osworth, Tristan Wallace, Tony Mullins. We had some dogs. So it was like, and most of them receivers that I need, like most of them receivers. And I knew like going against them boys, they went for, they went to Katie. Um, Jalen Guyton went to Allen. Tristan Wallace went to DeSoto. So, I mean, and, and they was really all bounce backs from D1 school. Every one of them boys went to D1 school and they bounced back. Um, so, it was like, so I'm, I come in on campus and I'm just looking. I'm like, man, I can't even believe I'm in a position with a dude that just went D1, like to Oregon. Tristan Wallace went to Oregon. Jalen Guy went to um, Notre Dame, so on, so on. So, all the boys, big D1 athletes, they just, it wasn't the spot for them. It wasn't the right school for them. So, I mean, the first, second day, we all back on campus, just just chilling and stuff, and everybody talking, everybody talking. I was the quiet one at first. So I was just like, man, look, man, I'm not with all this talking. We just gonna see you on the field. And I got to a point, like, I used to blow everybody out in mad. So somebody got mad, I forgot who, I think Tony Mullins. Tony Mullins got mad, and he was like, what you wanna do, you wanna go on the field? I was like, man, that's the type of talking I like. So we went out there. I just like, man, I mean, we got on each other, you know, because I mean, I ain't gonna just sit up here and flex like they ain't get me good, like I ain't do them bad too, but I mean, we got on each other, we made each other better, but I mean, that, yeah, we had some, we had some dogs in that team, for so, I mean, Josh Hodges, um, man, we had some, we had some real goons, real. That's what's up, man. So yeah. my, my question is, you know, for both of y'all, like, why DB, and did you give him any advice when he told you he wanted to be a DB, Mr. Ken? Well, I can tell you this, man. Long as he was on that field, <laughs> and DB, you know, he had the size, he had the speed, you know, he had the strength. Get in where you fit in. I'm gonna support you. I don't care if you playing tight end, whatever. I'm gonna support you because guess what? This is something that you love doing. So I'm not by no means 
I'm gonna say, well, no, man, I think you should play. No, play where you want to be, where, where, where you where you comfortable at playing. You know, and with the speed that he has, what you want four four or four four, and that's been since last year. He's gotten fast. Yeah, that was really straight off, like seven eight months right off of my my injury. Damn! I had my sophomore year, my first year at Tennessee. So I mean, I. I mean, I feel like I got faster. I just got to time myself. We're going to do a combine. We're supposed to do another combine, but it's Corona stuff, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he 4-4 four, four then, and he feel like he didn't got faster, we looking at 4-3, four, 4-3 three, four, three or less, then, hey, I'm going to tell you now, y'all, they better watch out. It's coming. Get your mind right. But for me, um, at Trinity Valley, like, I just named all them good receivers. They was there the season that I was going to play. So everybody I named, they was there the season I was going to play. And I was like, I mean, Coach Whip was like, he, I was going to play regardless because I was just, he, he just always used to call me a dog. I had that dog. Like, I was the, the receiver that just blocked people, pushed me to the ground. And I, I could catch too, but I mean, blocking was just something I could do. Like, like I wasn't scared of nothing. Yeah, I always, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love to let contact at, at receivers. And then, I mean, we didn't have no DBs, so I was like, Coach Witt, I, I think I want to play defense. I'm talking about I ain't never backpedal probably a day in my life. <laughs> so I was like, man, Coach Witt, I think I want to play DB because I knew for sure I was going to play. I knew it. Like, I just knew it in my head. Like, if I go play DB, if I go play corner, knowing I don't know what to do, just playing out there with straight off raw athletic ability, no technique, I just knew what I was going to do. And then that whole offseason, before the season started, that I actually played, and I grinded straight back pedaling, level one technique, all that. And I just went crazy at DB. So I mean, I love to catch touchdowns. I mean, score score points in most people, but at the same time, <laughs> ain't nothing ain't nothing wrong with making being a bad guy on the field. I mean, offense sells tickets, but defense wins championships. And I'm a winner. I, I I hate losing. So if you can't score on me, how you gonna win? And that's just I took it from nothing. Yeah, man, because I, you know, I watched the uh, highlight tape on Huddle. And, you know, corners, some corners, they quote unquote don't tackle. But mm -hmm. uh, we see you come up there and you, you know, you play the run too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got to score. I got to show a lot more of that on this level, though, man. I think people sleep on me, man. I really think mm -hmm. they sleep. I think they sleep on me. Hey, man. <laughs> well, look, once this corona stuff get over, man, the 2020 season, man, it's time to go, time to, uh, go up, man. Oh, yeah. I got to put my trash stock up. Straight <laughs> up. All right, there's a question for uh, both of y'all. Kind of like, uh, so now as you already went through JUCO, you picked your school in Tennessee. Uh, how has it, the experience been going from Acadiana, then to a JUCO, and now to a big division, Power 5 school is in Tennessee? How has that experience been, both as a parent and as an actual player? Well, I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> from from Acadiana, sitting in the stands, just you know, not cheering for my son, being disgusted. Mm -hmm. Seeing him on the field, mm -hmm. just seeing him going to a, a a junior college where he's getting you know a little playing time and he handling this business to going to a stadium when you walk in and you have a hundred and five thousand fans in the, in the stadium right. and seeing. Mm -hmm. You know, seeing him, seeing my son, our son, 
with that George Jr. on his jersey. Man. He's running through the tee. Mm-hmm. And they calling his name after he make tackles. Hey, man. Let me tell you something, bro. <laughs> from a, a little country bar from Lafayette, Louisiana. Hey, I, I'm 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 on top of Mount Everest. Right. I'm on top of the highest mountain they could ever put up because that's my son, mm. and he's representing. He's not only representing our family; he's representing Lafayette, Louisiana. Lafayette in the building, you heard me. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he's taking. He's he's doing things. You know that Kenneth George Jr. Man, I'm so proud of this young man right here, y'all. I don't, I don't even know if I have the words to even put out there because I know what he went through from day one to where he's at right now. I know all of the the, the stumbling blocks he he has overcome. You know, I know everything that he's been through, and a lot of people don't know that. So, with that being said for him to be in a position where he's at and have an opportunity to make it to that next level from where he came from, man, I tell you, (laughs) man, I don't know, bro. I mean, I wish that for every parent, you know? So Mr. Ken, like what kind of advice being that you were on scholarship for your scholarship, you know, you, you said you, you had to leave because of family issues. What kind of advice did you give him along that journey? Well, level-headed. I, <laughs> well, I, you know, sometimes I had to brag a little bit. You know, sometimes, you know, he want to come up sometimes and say, oh, daddy, I could do that. I said, boy, you don't want my trouble. <laughs> <laughs> my trouble is everlasting. <laughs> you know, that ain't something, that ain't something you're going to forget about. You know, in the, in, in the next two days or something. Because if I hit you, you gonna know you've been hit. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's just me. That's my mentality. When I got on the field, I gave it my all. Yeah. I don't care if I was hurting. I don't care what it was. I gave it my all because I know my team was counting on me. Just like I was counting on my teammates, my teammates was counting on me to do my business. You know. And that's just like anything with a professor in school. You know, if a, if a professor teaching you what you need to know, then you're gonna know everything you need to. But if he's going and skipping through this and skipping through that, somewhere down the line, you're gonna miss something. Yep. So I just let them know that, hey man, your daddy was this, your daddy was that. Take it from that, you know? And he's picked up where I left off. I didn't get a chance to go and, and you know, do what I had to do because, I, like you said, I had family. I had family things I had to do. But I encourage my son, hey, keep on going. No matter what gets in your way, man, if you, if you set a goal for yourself, only you can achieve that. I can help you get there. But if, you know, if you don't want to do it, then I can't make you do it. You know? So with him, he has it in his heart. He has a desire to do what he has to do. And guess what? I'm going to support him all the way. All the way. Yeah, I actually got a tattoo of that. My first tattoo ever, like, um, it said, a future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. And that's facts right there. I mean, when I first got it, I knew why I got it. I knew the reason I had it. And every time I just, like, just get that vision out of my head, 
but it, it's in my head forever. But I mean, every time I used to think about actually trying to like be like, nah, I can take a day off. I mean, I just think about it. I just look at that tattoo tomorrow, and I be like, man, I got a dream, and I ain't letting nothing, nobody stop me from getting it at all. Yeah. I mean, that's my favorite tattoo right there, my first one. I gotta go over that again. Okay. Oh yeah, we never we never got your opinion about how it was at your first experiences at Tennessee, either, Junior. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I'm gonna start off at KDN. I mean, okay. like like we all talked about before, uh, it was a powerhouse, and we had it was the stadium was packed every every Friday. Uh, everybody in the city wanted to see a KDN high play, especially when we was there. Um, JUCO at Trinity Valley, it was it was cool. I mean, I can say KDN. Games was better than JUCO games just because of JUCO. But at the same time, I mean, that didn't. I mean, that didn't stop me. I mean, at the end of the day, your film, your film is your resume. I knew it. And no matter who in them stands, you ain't finna put me on your highlight tape ever. And I mean, Trinidad, I mean Tennessee. Now that's just that's different right there. That, I mean, that's different. And I mean, my first time ever running out that tee, um, my sophomore season. I mean, I didn't really play myself my season, not, not because I didn't have the ability, but I mean, my leg was so messed up and I just wanted to play so bad, but I, I couldn't, like, I would try to run, I swear, I would try to practice so hard and I just couldn't, that thing would be hurting so bad. So one day, Coach Jerm Pruitt, he told me, man, what's wrong with you? And I, I just bawled out in tears, I was like, Coach, I can't play, I can't do this no more. But then, come to find, I had 15, 16 stress fractures in my leg, man, that, and that T, that first time running out that T, man, I was like, man, I'm here. Like, this this really was all about. And my first time, my first game starting against Chattanooga last year, my first player. And then hearing my name on the intercom, and I was like, man, what? Like, I mean, that's different. That's a different feeling right there. So, um, I mean, that's just something people just got to just think about. Like, imagine 105,000 fans screaming when you make do something good. I mean, even screwed 105,000 people. Imagine how many Tennessee fans are in this world that's not at the game. So you got hundreds of thousands of people, man. You make a play, everybody know who you are. Everybody screaming for you. And as a, that right there, that's a different type of feeling. That's, that gives you a different type of rush, a different type of motivation right there. And I can just imagine what it'll be like next level, playing for the NFL team. That's really going to be crazy. That's really, that's what drives me right there, too. Just like, it's just a different feeling, for real. All right, man. Uh, Kenneth Jr., um, when you was at Trinity Valley, um, I read that you got recruited by uh, Coach Fair, who was a former first-rounder in the NFL, and you mm -hmm. got recruited by uh, Coach Dave Johnson, who's like a Louisiana coaching legend. So, like, um, elaborate on that, what it's like to – you know, get recruited by top flight coach. Yeah, besides Coach Fair, Coach Fair and Coach Johnson, they're a big reason I'm here. Uh, coach Fair, he told me, like, what you just said, he was a first round, he was a corner, he played at Tennessee. He just told me what it meant to him putting on that jersey, putting on that tee. And he just told me, like, looked me dead in my face and, and said, you can come be part of something special here at Tennessee. Just changing the program completely around and all that, and you tell you, I mean, you got a person that's played in the NFL that went first round, something I dream of doing, and he telling me, looking in my eyes and telling me I can do what he did. 
And that just played a big factor right there. And Coach Johnson, shout out to Coach Johnson right there. That's my dog right there. He, he took good care of me before he left. Him and Coach Fair, really. And Coach Johnson, he was just like, boot boy. That's all we talk about, boot boy, boot boy, boot boy. And he just keep it a stack with me right there. Like you said, a real high school legend right there, for real. Um, and that boy just, Coach Johnson, he a, he a hell of a coach. Uh, I would really wish he was still here. Coach Fair, too. But, I mean, Coach Johnson, he, you know when somebody from your state, somebody understand how it really is, how you live in your state, he from New Orleans, so he, he really understand how we get down and laugh at Straight and up. I be kind of, he, he try to like, he try to tell other people, like, it's different how we think, it's different how we move, like, what motivates us. And he just knew what it was with me. Like, he knew what it was. He knew, he knew I came for business. And nothing like, I just thank them boys, them, them two coaches right there for giving me that opportunity, for real. This is up, man. This is both of y'all. Oh, so Mr. Kenneth, and then Junior, you can elaborate on it too. Like, Tennessee, when you decided to choose Tennessee, like, how did the relationship with Coach Brewer go? Like, just describe, okay, this is for me. It was in a, a Wednesday, and they got, you know, the coach, Coach Witt from TBCC sent uh, Kenneth Huddle to Coach Johnson. Coach Johnson looked at the huddle. Five minutes later, Coach Johnson called. He said, man, he said, I like what I see. He said, I just have to present this to the head coach, Coach Pruitt. Dude, 10 minutes later, we got a phone call. Uh, how soon can y'all get to Tennessee? Wait a minute, coach. We just called you 20 minutes ago. Everything just happened. So I said, well, coach, we're going to try to make, you know, in the middle of the week, we're going to try to make it next week. He said, man, I said, can y'all get here as soon as possible? And so I said, Coach, let me call you back. Discussed it. With my wife and my, my oldest son, and like, well, okay, well, I'm gonna call. We'll be there Saturday. Man, when we got here and we walked inside the facility, it's like, man, it's like, wow. Really. Yeah, this is this yeah. is extraordinary. Thank you know, you. hey, Tennessee has a, a facility, y'all. When I tell you they got it, they got it. I've been in a couple of, you know, schools, and I'm looking at, I've never seen they have a, a barbershop inside the facility. You know, they have uh, a nutritionist that makes her own peanut butter, her own beef jerky. You know, they, uh, the way they, the way it is, when you get here, they, they, they check your body weight. Everything, when you, when you scan your, your school ID or whatever, it tells you how much calories you can have, how much carbohydrates you can have. Man. You know, it's down to a science. So they care about they care about their players. They take good care of them. When in the training room, they have a, a whole pharmacy, a whole surgeon inside of the facility. I mean, everything is just so, man, it, it's just so nice. And when we talk to Coach Pruitt, Coach Pruitt, was like, it was it was kind of late when we got here. It was like, I seen what I seen, and I like what I seen. Um, I can't I can't sign you right now, but I can I can write something up on a piece of paper 
and sign my name. If you finish these hours right here at TVCC, we're going to put you on scholarship. Damn. And when he did, when he said that, I'm like, man, we home. <laughs> We're home. My son looked at him in the eye and he told him, he said, Coach, I don't need to sign anything. I'm going to verbally commit to you. My word is my bond. You know, got later and later. So he's like, well, yo, please come back tomorrow. It was a Sunday. He said, yo, please come back tomorrow. We'll talk some more. We'll have breakfast. we do this, do that. Man, look, Coach Pruitt told us, he said, I still can't believe that, you know, he never had an opportunity to play in high school. He said, man, I, I can't believe that. He said, uh, still willing to sign whatever, can I'll sign my name, just tell me. My son told him no. He said, uh, Mr. and Mrs. George, he said, I have to be honest with y'all. He said, I had my coaches do a background check on your son to see you know, he said, just nothing personal. He said, just to see if he was a trouble kid. He said, man, I can't believe this. They didn't give this kid with this much talent an opportunity to play. He said, man, he said, look, I've been around DBs all my life. He said, this is one of, probably one of the most athletic defensive backs I've seen in my lifetime. He said that it just sold me. I was done. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really. I mean, coming from Coach Pruitt, and he was at Alabama. I mean, everybody know about Alabama. And when he told me that, I was like, "Can't wait!" Like, <laughs> he told me this. I was like, "Man, Coach Pruitt just told me this," and I was like, "And I told, like I said, like my pop said, he said." I look Coach Pruitt dead and I was like, Coach, man, I'm, I'm gonna commit to you, don't matter what. The schools talk to me. Cause after I got that Tennessee offer, I'm talking about my guy, you, Oklahoma State. I had everybody in the country coming in there and talk to me. And I told Coach Witt, and I told Coach Pruitt, I would not talk to no other coach because I'm, I'm going to Tennessee. And I mean, I just kept my word, nothing, don't matter what coaches called me, none of that. I mean, I told him what it was, I'm going to Tennessee, and it was that. Shout out Coach Pruitt though, man. For real, that man changed my life, for real. I mean, just on and off, but not even just completely on the field stuff. I mean, he, he taught me so much, just becoming a man, overcoming adversity, um, all kind of stuff. And just building a relationship with your head coach like that, I mean, that really, that really, that's really a lot right there. On the field or off the field, just describe any adversity you have to overcome, whether it's, you know, your time at Tennessee or in Juco, like just something you had to battle, battle back to get on the field. Just kind of elaborate on that and talk about that. Mm. Don't mind. Yeah, Juco, uh, first year at Juco, I couldn't play because, I mean, I was basically in Ellis because I was an out-of-state transfer. So even if I wanted to play, I couldn't play because you only get like 10 or 15 out-of-state people. Right. And I lived in Louisiana, so I couldn't play my first year. So just knowing like, man, y'all just asked me to come up here and play football and I can't even play. And I was like, I was just so mad at this whole fact that I had to sit out there and just watch every game. Not based off no letter bit, none of that. Based off just like, off of ineligibility, like I really can't play. Just sitting back, just waiting my turn, like I said earlier. Um, Way my time my first year and second year, just, I mean, switching positions from receiver. I've been playing receiver. I've been practicing receiver since high school. I mean, I've been 
going up, catching balls in the high school against some of the best DBs to ever play at Acadian High. And I mean, just knowing like DB, I mean, it was going to be hard. It was going to be different. Like everybody that say, most of y'all probably agree with me, it's the hardest field, position on the field besides quarterback. Backpedaling, you, 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 I mean, you basically up there, you guessing where a person going to go. You guessing his release. You just got to be patient, just playing with technique. That's really your technique at DB. That's really all it's about. And another adversity, my coming here, my first year over here, when I, I had all that stuff messed up in my leg, I mean, I was so frustrated. Like, cause I wanted to play so bad. And I would just refuse to even tell my trainers, tell my coaches that something was really wrong with my leg. Cause I wanted to play that bad. And first game of the season against West Virginia, y'all can look up that tape. I mean, I got in that game. Coach Pruitt had faith in me like that. I got in that game. Like, I, I played some defensive snaps. But, I mean, just sitting back on all that, looking back on all that, I mean, just waiting my turn. I mean, Guy had a different plan for me, a different route for me. So I just, you know what I mean? Once Guy has something planned for you, nobody can take that away. And taking that, taking that time, I was just getting my leg right, fixing my leg up. Now I don't even feel nothing in my leg. So, I mean, that was blessed. Cause I played Juco like that. You gotta think about it. I played Juco with all that stuff messed up my leg. Damn. I went crazy like that on Juco, just with my leg, with all them stretch factors in. Cause this is one thing that been bothering me. I never knew nothing was wrong. I never told nobody. I used to tell my parents, of course, but I mean, knowing, I mean, dude, just waiting my turn, really. That's really all the adverse. And then just grinding. I started off third string, worked my way up to first string. And you know what I mean? Just, just battling, battling, battling. Every week is a battle. Every single week is a battle at this school. Well, at any D1 school, really. This spot can get taken just like that. All right. So, Kenneth Jr., man, what uh, what was the response from your Acadiana high coaches, bro, once they realized that you had had this amazing growth spurt? Bro, if I'm not mistaken, you grew like four or five inches and gained like 50 or 60 pounds. And Y'all see that, ball? Ay, ay, ay. Y'all see that, ball? Mm-hmm. And this transformation. And um, what was their response once they figured out that you was playing on the next level? Uh, I mean, when I when I first like put it out there that I was committed to Tennessee, um, Coach Sebo called me. That was one of the first coaches I talked to from high school. He was like, Hey man, is this true? I was like, yes, sir. I mean, Cosibo, I, I always respect Cosibo because, I mean, he never did me nothing wrong. I mean, I was still my coach at the same time. He put me on offense, but I mean, I, I didn't mind. I, I didn't mind killing his DB. So I was like, all right, it's cool. Yeah, I would say that was a surprise. But I mean, whoever would have thought, if you knew me in high school, whoever ever would have thought I would be playing for Tennessee right now. Like, nobody ever would have thought that. And for them, they was like, man, that that's crazy. Like, you really out here going to Tennessee. And he was just talking. Coach Gavin called me, Miss um, Dupree from high school. And I, they was just talking to me, talking to me about, like, just keep going. Don't let nothing stop you. None of that. And, I mean, it, it was crazy just sitting back when I got that phone call from Coach Sebo. I was like, I ain't talked to this man in years. He called my phone. But, I mean, at the same time, I can never forget where I came from. And, I mean, I ain't gonna say that I didn't learn things from him because I, I learned things from him too. So it was like, 
I was just thanking him too for like even teaching me not to give up, to keep going really and truly. That's it. A little more on the lighter side, just about football in general and SEC talk, SEC football. What's one of the, uh, I guess, personal opinion, what's more, what's the most talented team you've played this year? It's tough because um, Georgia was good. That was my best game of the season, really, against Georgia. I played great against Bama, too. I mean, I gave up one pass against Bama. That was the first play against a game against Jerry Judy. And Florida, I mean, it, people sleep on Florida receivers. Florida receivers, they they tough. Florida got some good receivers. So it's like... Yeah, I've seen them in person, man. I've seen them in person. <laughs> <laughs> they tough. They tough. Florida receivers tough. Cause they they fast and they big too, so it's like, man, I can't let them get on top of them because I I, I don't want the boys to mess. So I was like, I mean, but I mean, I, I I'll probably give it to Alabama just because we play over there at their house, and mm. I mean, we almost had the boys. If you, you score tell a lie against yeah. that game, we had the boys. The score the score tell a lie against that, but if y'all had a quarterback, you know, yeah. For real. <laughs> my, dog, my dog, JT, he's going to turn us up this year. He's going to turn us up. Okay, he's going to do his thing this year. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to do his thing this year. So, but yeah, I gave it I, I gave it to Bama. I mean, of course, you got Jared Judy. You got, you got two first-round receivers I went up against almost every single play. So it was like, you know what I mean? I just studying film against them boys just because it's really Alabama. But, I mean, Georgia was tough, too. That's Georgia. That was ranked number three in the country. Alabama picked two in the country, so it was like they tough. Um, but yeah, I get that. I, I give it to Bama for sure because you got two at quarterback, you got all the receivers. I mean, and you got the lights flashing all on you, red and black. You got the man screaming every time you do something good. So it's like, man, and you got Nick Saban right on side of me because I go on the opposite side and just I turn my first play. I turn. I look. I saw Coach Saban. I was like, man, what? Yeah, and that was crazy. So yeah, facing all that, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna give it to them as the tough school I played. So you know, I, can I can I elaborate a little bit on that too? Yes, go ahead, go ahead. Well, look, man, we was at that Alabama game, <laughs> and I promise you, I promise you, man, I watched my son that game in. He held Jerry Judy to about five yards that whole game. First play of the game. That's, that's the only home. thing he caught a slant, a five-yard pass on my on my son, and that was it. And after the game, Jerry Judy talked to him. Mm -hmm. And Jerry Judy asked him, man, why don't you come to Alabama? We need some more DBs. <laughs> yeah, Georgia. Kirby Smart told me that too. He was like, "Come to Georgia." I was like, "Come on, man." <laughs> <laughs> All I, mean, I know. Yeah, it, he he the type that try to get in your head though. Him, cause when I played against uh, Coach Kirby, I mean, he literally I'm signaling out the plays. You know, him and Coach Pruitt played together, so I'm signaling out our defense. And he was saying, "Okay, y'all playing boxing, playing boxing, playing my." So I was like, "Man, look at this man." So and I was getting <laughs> out. I was getting cursed out. For my coach, because at one point in time I stopped signaling it, because all I'm doing is telling them what I'm playing, and they play the same defense. So why would I keep signaling? It? But I mean, I don't know. It, it, it was weird for them, for real. Cause, I mean, that's both great coaches, and 
I mean, just hearing stuff like that, telling them people they they, they want me to come play for them, that was crazy too. I mean, I mean, just staying humble through all that, right. all that yeah, last yeah. season. I mean, that was tough because I mean after the Kentucky game, that was my last game starting. I said to y'all, I was told it to my parents too, but I mean, I just got big headed, really. I was like, you know, I'm uh, I'm starting in the SEC. I'm starting against. I'm I took five star spots already. Nobody can tell me nothing. Like, I just got big headed and, and like, man, just stay humble. Do everything you do because whatever you earn can be taken away just like that. And I mean, I cried after I lost that spot. I ain't lying. Mm-hmm. I cried. Right. I mean, it was tough. I got the spot back on the off, during the off season, but I mean, still, I mean, I'm glad that happened this last season except for this season. I mean, this season I just know stay humble, keep grinding. Not that I said I didn't, I stopped grinding, but I mean, I just got too big headed for me. Yeah, that was really that's, that's a real message. That's a real exactly. That's what Kel said. That's a real message for you, younger kids, man, and just everybody in life in general. Stay humble, man. Yeah. Keep focused. Right. I had to excuse Cornell's quarterback comments and stuff because they get one Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner and then he don't know how to act. So <laughs> don't 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 take any shade to his quarterback comments. Hold up, man. Y'all know. Y'all know. Hey, nah, bro. Joe Burrow was different. He was different. Thank you. Hey, he was different. You. Thank uh, you. Hey, that boy. That boy might be the greatest college quarterback ever. Thank you. Yeah, Thank he you. Was different. Thank you. His numbers was crazy. He had talent to throw to, but I mean, at the same time, talent don't get the ball unless the ball get to him. So it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, he did have a talented O-line, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he was. Oh, bro. And, uh, and, and we all know the school that built him, so... Uh, you know, we just gonna. Uh, oh, oh we, yeah, we, guys. We just, he on Ohio State we, we just fan. gonna hang that up, but uh, <laughs> we kind of Ohio State fans, so it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's all good. Yeah, Ohio State tough too. Though. I want to play against Ohio State and LSU. Yeah, it's gonna be dope. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the question for both of y'all, mainly for Junior, what like you know? So yeah, DB now. I know you probably watch film on other DBs just to get, you know, different techniques and see how they play different routes and whatnot. What DB you would say you kind of model your game after? I, I give shout out to two DBs. Uh, and one from my high school, Malik Eugene. If y'all know Malik Eugene, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, y'all need to watch his high school tape. That man, that was a dog. And, I mean, he was, just, he was just so cool. He had the speed. He would just go down and hit people, he had ball skills, all that was crazy. And I remember at Juco, I used to watch his highlights before every single game. And then once I got to D1, I started looking at Ty Matthews, Jamal Adams, um, Jalen Ramsey, um, people like that. And I mean, really intuitive to say who I model my game after. Hmm, that's a tough question. Because I would say Jalen Ramsey, but I don't know. I say really Marshawn Lattimore because that boy dog too. He played for the Saints. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't even. I don't even like. You just started. You just started right now, man. Where's your yeah. shots with DBU? Then you gonna get him started with BIA. You see? Yeah, yeah. That's what I really watched though. His his Ohio State highlight. That boy was dog. Ohio State always give out the good DBs though. That's 
Like Jeff Akuda. That's for another day and another time. <laughs> Yeah. Another time, guys. Some DBs about DBs. I hear such a thing. So, how you think I'm DB? So, man, I love this, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, this for both of y'all, man. As far as uh, college football, going to the games, being a part of the games uh, this season, experience as a player and experience as a parent. What was just the craziest game this season for y'all individually? Well, me, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, the Alabama game. We went, we went to Tuscaloosa, and you know we sitting in, we sitting in the, in the, in the, in the stands, and they had just put in a new light show or whatever, and they coming out, man, and the crowd going crazy, and we watching Jerry Judy in his warmups, and this, this. So outstanding kid, man. And I'm saying to myself, my son always did say he wanted to play against the best of the best. And I'm sitting in the stands and I'm saying to myself, I'm saying, just to say it, I'm saying a little prayer. Tell my Lord, please. For real. Let my son act up today. For real. If you don't do it in any other game, let today be his game. Today need to be the day. That game was on your end too, right? One time, it was on ESPN, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, I remember. It was on prime time ESPN. Right and there. when the first play came, and I seen, and he caught the pass, and I said, "Man, my son got it." So he tackled him, and then it's like every time Jerry Judy lined up in front of my son, my son was on him. He got this signature move, this double move that he do. Mm-hmm. Hey, my son didn't bite on it at all. Yeah, I studied that boy like and man, then on the film, ready for it. Right. And then when I start seeing Jerry Judy lining up on the opposite side of my son, I said, oh. Running from This is a story to tell right here. Yeah, yeah, buddy. This is a story to tell right here because, you know, usually, hey, man, I'm going to try it. This is Jerry Judy, one of the top receivers in the SEC. And my son held you to five yards. For 60 minutes? Two. Man, I'm cool. Yeah, what? I think he only had like 34 yards on the whole defense the whole game. But, I mean, we locked that boy up. That, that was big volumes, man. And yeah. that, that right there, that's when I really said, oh, wow, my son, my son on top, on top of his game. That was, that was my game right there. My game, um, I say probably Kentucky. Because that was my first game ever playing in the cold. And it's cold out there in Kentucky. Yeah. I was like, first play of the game, um, I think they did a toss my way. And I think I missed a tackle. And I was like, man, what? Like, I just missed a tackle. And it was freezing cold. Like, I got on this ground, man, and it's cold like this, and I still missed a tackle. And then, like, just facing that adversity, saying, man, Man, forget the whole cold stuff. And we was playing at their house. We was down. Like, they was beating us, like, bad the first half. And we still won that game. We came back. Yeah, y'all came back on that. Just, just playing just playing in that weather, in that cold weather for the first time, like, ever. And they was running that thing, too. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all they did all game long. And then one time, they, 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 threw the ball, they threw the ball, like, two times. One on me, and I they didn't catch it. Um, it was an overthrow. I really was supposed to pick that off and watch that game. And the pass that Nigel picked up, 
they really threw the ball only like two times and we really clamped that up. But I mean, yeah, that Kentucky game, it, it was real for me because like I said, that was my first time playing in the cold and really just playing just a running team in the cold. So it was yeah. really- That was a new experience. Yeah. My next question is like, what are your aspirations for next season? Like what are the goals you set for yourself personally and then for the team? Cause y'all, you know, good recruiting class coming in, and then you know you, y'all got a lot of kids coming back. Or, mm-hmm. You know, once, once again, once y'all fix that quarterback problem, but <laughs> as a team, um, we want to win the SEC championship. That's that's one. I mean, obviously, if you win the SEC championship, you're gonna make the college playoffs. Automatic. Yeah, that's that's automatic. So we want to win the SEC championship and. We'll think about the national championship after we win the SEC championship. But I mean, as a team, we really want to gel together more. I mean, we gel together too late last season. We won our last eight games, but I mean, we wasn't supposed to lose two of them. So, like the first two games, we was not supposed to lose the game. I mean, we want to get closer as a team. One, win the SEC championship and, and compete for the national championship three. And for myself, um, really. I mean, I just want to be the best, best DB to like ever play the game. I want to be the best DB to ever play at Tennessee. Like at Trinity Valley, my name forever gonna hold weight over there. At Tennessee, I want my name to ever forever hold weight. I mean, I want to be a first rounder to show that um, I'm gonna work, 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 work. I mean, I'm gonna make it to the league regardless. I mean, I want to go high in the, in, in the draft. So I mean, just thinking about that, more money, more money. How, how you get the more money you get? I, every time I go out to that field, I think about that. What can I do to, to, to get in the first round? First round, second round, what can I do? Watching film, I watch film a lot. Even with my coaches, I watch film almost every day. And just self-criticizing my performances last year. Like even the basic, the, the little things at the line of scrimmage, my technique, just be a technician, not just a good athlete. Everybody in the world knows I'm an athlete. Like my coach tell me, I'm the best athlete on Tennessee team. He told me that himself, but I mean, just being a technician, I want to be the best technique corner. Like, I don't want to just be out there, just be known, oh, you you might make him look like a fool at the line of scrimmage, but you still not gonna catch the ball up. I want to make you look like a fool at the line of scrimmage. Like, I want to clamp you up at the line of scrimmage. Like, like it was time I had good technique during last season. It was time I, I, I played bad on my technique. But yeah, like I said, I don't want to just be an average corner. I don't want to just play here just to play here. I want to be remembered here. I want to be the best corner that ever played the game. I'm talking about like, I just want to be remembered forever and ever and ever. I want my name to forever hold weight. And just thinking about that every day. I mean, yeah. Talk, going back to what you were just saying about working on the little things like your technique. This uh, with this virus and everything, uh, kind of I guess speak on the type of training you're doing or technique work you're doing. Just kind of give us a little insight about what all you're doing right now. See, every day I start off, uh, I do ladders. I do like twenty up and down ladders, like different things. And then after that, I just work on just like getting out my break, in and out my break, um, stuff like that. But I mean, I'm not gonna say that's easy to me now. But I mean, I'm just so used to doing that. It's just like second nature to me going in and out my break, back pedaling, coming out my break fast and stuff like that. I just feel like that's second nature now. But every single day I just work, I like I work hard at level one. 
I mean, I don't have a receiver in front of me, but I mean, I know what receivers do now. It's like my third year playing, so I know what a receiver gonna give me now. Mm-hmm. Like, so I just picture a receiver giving me what they what would give me. So I just work on that level one technique, kick sliding, offhand jam, just locking out, tough jamming, little things like that. I just work on that every single day, every single day, because I know that's the only that was the only missing piece of my game last year was the level one technique being A1. Mm-hmm. I, if I grade myself last season, and I grade myself hard, you know, I'll probably say my my technique last year probably was like a, a, a D, and I grade myself tough. So, I mean, Damn. I mean, you can go look at my resume, go look at my film, go look at every single game. One person caught a ball on me. Well, now, Jerry Judy and the dude from South Carolina, the one who caught that one-handed catch on me. Yeah, so it was like, yeah, you can go watch film, man. I see some not giving people plays. I like, if we ain't man to man, man, you're not catching no ball on me. And I just think about that every single day when I'm out there. Just imagine if I get my level one technique, A plus, like, just grading myself just hard, just working hard, hard, hard every day on little things, technique, kick slide, up ham down. That's, I just do that every single day. Every day I do that. Uh, speak a little bit about y'all's uh, cause y'all made it to a bowl game and you got it to a bowl game that was in January. So that's a mm-hmm. that's a big time thing. Uh, speak on that experience as a parent. Speak on that experience as a uh, as a player making it to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, with our bowl game, we at the beginning of the season we we nobody in the country would have thought we would have made the bowl game. And after that Florida game, Man. Coach Pruitt he he came. He was so like just mad and just like frustrated at all of us, like the coaching staff, everybody on the team. So after the Florida game, we got off the bus. I mean, it's two o'clock in the morning, and he made everybody go in the team room. No, we just had a talk about what we were gonna go with the rest of our season. And after that 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 Florida game, we played Georgia and Alabama. We, we two two top teams in the country. We fought them boys, we fought them boys, and like we said, we like Coach Pruitt said. After this Alabama game, we're not losing no more games. And that's what we all had in our mind. And we were gonna make sure that didn't happen, that, that we didn't lose another game. And when we made it to that bowl game, that was different. Um, just taking a week from off everything. I mean, you still got practice and everything, but you got a week with your team in Florida. So you just out there doing fun stuff, like going to Top Golf. Um, you in a hotel, you, you getting treated like really, like you are just a celebrity over there because everybody in the hotel is looking at you, know who you are, celebrating you. Just, you get gifts and all kind of stuff. So, I mean, that was that was really a different experience right there. And playing a school, not in the SEC, like a big school, not in the SEC with Indiana. Um, that was that was different too, just seeing how other other um, conferences play. Play the game so different from us. Amen. That's why everybody in the, in the country know SEC ball like Thank they you. know when you play SEC schools like they know what's up like they gonna tap out and that's exactly what Indiana did ain't no way Indiana said about that game they tapped out because we were on like we just kept hitting them in the mouth every single play and that was real different though just playing a different school in the in the NFL arena everything was just cool about that whole experience really well with me they made it to the bowl game that go, I, I open up the bragging rights right there. 
Hey, I'm hey, man. Hey. Uh, hey man. People I work with, you know, at, at the beginning of the season, they was talking down on Tennessee. And guess what? I was fighting back with them. Hey man. Real. Don't 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 even don't even talk to me like that. <laughs> you know. But and then when they made it to that bowl game, man, look, I went look, I was the first one at lunch. <laughs> I was really? the last one to leave from lunch. <laughs> you know, I hey, I had everybody attention. I wore Tennessee hats every day. <laughs> that whole week I was in Tennessee. You know, oh man, your son they made it to a bowl game. Yeah, they made it to a bowl game. Something you didn't believe that. You know, so that gave me bragging rights, man. And, and, and look, I'm a proud daddy, y'all. Y'all just don't know, man. This this right here is just. Ooh, man, it's overwhelming. And it really is. But hey, let him make it to the NFL and see how many bragging rights I'm going. Have. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a month off. Whole, whole nother level. Whole hey, nother level. I'm gonna be on Facebook daily. <laughs> <laughs> People gonna get tired of seeing me on Facebook. Hey man, but hey, that's what <laughs> man. you got the right to do that, man. Straight up. Hey, I, I mean, I, I might not have the perfect grammar, but I'm gonna sit down. And I'm gonna probably gonna write a book. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Hey, Mr. hey look, from, 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 from the beginning to the present, hey, the yeah. end is far away from us. We gonna do what we do. Straight up, man. Look at yeah. it this way. You know, during your playing career, you took that sacrifice for your family, right? And God gave it back to you through your son. So that's that's a positive way to look at it. Like, you know, I did what I had to do for family, family first, and then God gave it back to me through my son. And, Although and, he had to go, you know, through the road less traveled, a lot of people calling him out with us. You know, he made it. He had Tennessee right now. He got a, a associate's degree, bachelor's degree, working on his master's. And you can't you can't ask for nothing more. As a parent, I know y'all, you and your wife, super proud, man. And you just don't know. Let me tell you how. Let me tell you how proud I am, man. I I I, I did a flower bed at my house. My uh -huh. flower bed is in Tennessee colors, orange and white. Yeah. <laughs> hey, bro. I just ain't took the time to take some pictures yet and put it up on Facebook, but it's coming. We gonna support everything, man. Everything that he do, any one of my kids do, man. We got them. You know, and that's that's the main thing in your kid's success is support. Whether it's support, you know, you got to support no matter what. That, you know? I, I remember you and your wife came to support your daughter when we had our NAACP meeting. That oh, meeting. Man. Well, you know, man, it, it, it's all about, you know what I'm saying, family, man. Family, bro. That's how I was raised. That's how me and my wife was raised. Based on family, man. Loving family, man. You know, we may not get along every day, but I can promise you, gotcha. ain't nobody can step in that ring with them without us being around. Right. So that, that that it is, man. Support, man. Family support. That's the main thing. That's what's up, man. So, all right. This is how we normally end it off whenever we get close to the end of the uh, show. But we're going to switch it up, being that you play DV and, you know, me and my guys here constantly have this argument of uh, who's the best DVs in the nation. So I'm going to ask you, 
Kenny Jr. Mm -hmm. Top five DBs in the league. In the NFL? Yeah. Um Ramsey, Lattimore, I'ma say um that dude for uh for Patriots, what's his name? Gilmore. Um Gilmore. Yeah, yeah, Gilmore. Um Tyron Matthews one. Yeah. And my fifth spot. I mean, above not not there's no order because Jamal Adams, I feel like he he one of the best DBs in the country. And and but yeah, that's my fifth spot right there, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams, that boy, that boy, that a dog, and he a leader. And that's what it, that's what he need. Like that's what most NFL teams want, leader. And yeah, that boy Jamal Adams, dog. So that's my favorite DB ever, really. That's what's up, man. Well, we also love music. So we ask all the guests. And we're gonna start off with you, Mr. Ken. We're gonna start off with you. Top five artists of all time. Top five artists of all time. Woo! Boy, let me tell you. Here we go. Uh for one, I wanna put Teddy Pendergrass. I'm a Teddy Pendergrass fan. Uh, number two, it's got to be Frankie Beverly and Mays. I'm with it. I'm with it, too. You know, oh, man, there's so many to choose from. Um, number three, I'm going to go with Mr. Barry White. All right. Uh, man, number four. Bobby Womack. Mm. It's a sleeper right there. A lot, yeah. of people, a lot of people sleep on Bobby Womack. And number five, I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go a little bit further back. I, I like Mr. Curtis Mason. Okay. If you listen to that, all the five that I named, man, if you listen to their music, it, it has a message. You know? And, and, you can get all I get is positivity from their messages, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, I could name a whole lot more, but that's my top five because, you know, I grew up on that. Saturday mornings, we're cleaning the house for that. Oh, you already know. And it, it taught it taught me how to teach my kids. You know, what my parents taught me through music, I taught my kids through the same music. You know, and it, it just. Man, it's just perfect music. <laughs> yeah, man. Now, from the old school to the new school, because Kenny Jr., I know you ain't about to give me no old school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give me one first, first spot, uh, Lil Wayne, of course. Cause that, I mean, that boy, that's the go to uh, all rap right there. Greatest rapper ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lil Wayne. Um, second spot, I'm going to give it to Drake. Okay, that boy. That boy nice. Um, third spot, young boy. Um, fourth spot, future. And fifth spot, that that's tough right there. But uh, I guess I give it to Kevin Gates. A lot of Louisiana influences on that list. I like that. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's why I be trying to. I don't. I mean, I listen to the baby hard, but if you're from Louisiana, man, I'm gonna listen to you most of the time. Cause I mean. I mean, I represent my my state, man. Louisiana, that's 
I'm always rep that. Trey Trey Seven standing up, man. Indeed. <laughs> All right, man. To end the show, normally what we do is we ask the guests to give a little spill of positivity to, you know, put out into the world, man. So, you know, no particular order. Either one of y'all could go first. Just give some encouraging word, man, out there to the kids to let them know it's okay if you have to bet on yourself to get to where you need to be at in life, no matter what profession it is. It's okay to bet on yourself, so. Yeah, um, I'm gonna just say this. If you want something in life, um, you can go get it. Everybody get the same 24 hours in a day. So it don't matter. Some people, I mean, yeah, they're born with different privileges, different things they can do, but everybody get the same 24 hours. And there's no ex excuse for, for you not to get something that you want. If you want something like nobody can stop you from getting that but you. If you want to be great, you can be great. You just got to put the work in. Um, another thing, work ethic. Your work ethic going to take you far in life. Um, you get in what the game, what you, you put in. So if you out here chilling, you ain't you ain't gonna be great. You ain't gonna get what you want. You ain't gonna get what you think you deserve. You gotta put the time in, whatever you do. Um, third thing, well, I should really say the name this first. It's the most important thing. Keep God first in whatever you do. Like, I pray every night. Um, and I send out a Bible verse to like 20 people every single night. I've been doing this like four or five years in a row. I'm just a firm believer of God. And I know that with, without him, I wouldn't be in this position. And just just, just thankful for God and just everything he has done for me and my family. Um, giving me all these lessons learned, everything he has done for me. And, and with that being said, I mean, just in this with my conversation, if you believe in God and you know God is real, you'll do everything in your power prosper him and believe in him and do everything you could to control what you can control because at the end of the day what god has planned for you nobody can take it away and that's it my advice is to those kids who you know having problems with people telling them oh you're not good enough you're not this you're not that close your ears to what they say listen to your heart because your heart gonna lead you in the right direction your heart is bigger than your mind all the time because if you believe in something that's what you believe in don't let nobody or anything stand in your way because if you do that you're only setting up a roadblock for yourself life has two roads you can travel I always did say this to my kids you can go down the paved road or you can go down the gravel road down the gravel road, it's gonna be a rough road. Get on the paved road. Do it, do it everything you can to make yourself better. Don't let anybody influence you to do something that you know is not right. If you if you're not positive, then I don't need to be around. I don't care if somebody tell you you're too small. Now, a lot of times your size don't have nothing to do with your heart. Because your heart is what keeps you moving. What keeps you motivated is, is to keep on pushing. I don't care. Hey, I might be small, but I'm dangerous. You know, sometimes, and I tell this to my kids all the time, guess what? 
You can have an ant that bites you on your leg or wherever. You're going to know that ant bitch. Sometimes the smallest things in life have the most powerful punches. So don't let nobody tell you you're too small or you're not, you're not qualified. you qualified because the more work you put in, the better you become. So with that being said, don't let nobody discourage you. Trust in God and believe in your heart. Because your heart going to set the tone for you. So, gentlemen, I appreciate everything, man. I appreciate it. I hope we touch somebody's lives and then help somebody out today, man. I appreciate y'all. We we really appreciate y'all, man, for coming on and being a part of this. We just, we all felt that this was a great story that needed to get out, man. So, everything was well said. We just really, really appreciate y'all. Man, thank y'all, man. Thank y'all. Real, man. We was talking about it earlier, and I was talking to the guys, and I was like, man, he, you know, Kenny Jr.'s story is kind of like, you know, our Rudy story, just with more encouraging encouragement from his parents. You know, right. they didn't give him, he didn't get that much of a chance in high school, but he didn't give up. He kept kept attacking, he kept attacking, having that bull, bulldog tenacity, kept attacking, kept attacking, and then boom. That's right. Yeah, well, just, he, nah. so to all the kids out there, man, hey, don't give up on your dreams, even if you have to bet on yourself. Bet on yourself. And like he said, put God first, man. The skies is the limit. Sure. Guys, we want to thank y'all, man. Thank y'all again for joining the show, man. And appreciate y'all. forward to seeing you this year in that uh, Tennessee uniform and future endeavors in the NFL, man. Show that. We'll, y'all y'all know because guess what if if on draft night <laughs> we gonna we gonna do we gonna do a little something y'all invited i'm i'm, oh, man. I'm love, love. y'all invited come on so, with it we're gonna get it done most definitely man well we appreciate y'all man yes sir we'll once again until next time we out Remain ambitious, I tell my young homies We got enough drug dealers and tough tonics We need more hope dealers, motivators That dope boy lifestyle just overrated We need more scholars, college graduates 4.0 grade point average